Blog Talk Radio. where we dare you to be happy. No matter what mood you find yourself in, this show provides just the right space for you. I am Judith Pinkerton, founder of Music for Life, inviting you to join us for some me time. Sip on your favorite beverage during the next 30 minutes as we explore together music, medicine, and life skills that support joy in the midst of crisis. Although my co-host, Amy Frost, is on retreat in Canada this week, she supports us still with this final program in our Dare to Be Happy series with our focus today on designing your Da Vinci Notebook. We also have a special guest who is very much alive to tell us how she uses music to support her life. And if we have time for a caller, we'll go live at 20 minutes after the hour to ask us their burning question. I would like to introduce to you Margarita. Marquita. I have so many different names for you, Margarita, Marquita, <laughs> Pierre McAllister. <laughs> I think that I'm thinking about a drink right now, and I'll, I'm going to let our <laughs> listeners know about some happy dances that I'm doing and why I'm even going that direction. <laughs> oh, Marquita is a motivational speaker, workshop, and retreat facilitator, a spiritual practitioner, spiritual growth consultant, and inspirational singer. Wow, we're not going to forget this, are we, Marquita? <laughs> No, we're not. (laughs) (laughs) I am so thrilled that we have yet another time to spend um, yet this month on the radio show. This time, instead of talking about obstacles that um, are in our way towards happiness, we're actually talking about how to harness the power of visioning and and what that is like. And I, I just know that you have got so much experience with visioning that for our listeners, you can easily go to an action plan that Amy Frost has put together um, at the link on this uh, uh, description of this radio show. Um, and so the, the whole idea about the Da Vinci Notebook um, is that Leonardo da Vinci, uh, who built the first flying machine, was one of the great universal geniuses of Western civilization, and he had these voluminous notebooks that are a great storehouse of all of his theories and discoveries. And so as we look at how other inventors, also such as Thomas Edison, uh, changed the world, they used notebooks. So it's with this designing a notebook and being able to um, document and dialogue um, with spirit in this spiritual practice. So, Marquita, give us some background and how you learned about visioning and when you first found 
why you wanted to keep doing it because it works so effectively. Yeah, so I um I've been visioning for quite a while now. I first learned it through the Centers for Spiritual Living, um, the spiritual organization, because of Reverend Dr. Michael Beckwith. Uh, He was the one who created the visioning process uh, some time ago, and I learned it in in our spiritual center. But then when I went to ministerial school, I took this particular course from him specifically. And what I found in practicing was that it... uh, it was great for me because I'm a meditator, and it kind of paired with meditation. You know, it's like it supported the process of meditation or vi- meditation supports it, however you want to look at that. And then what happened was I had a, a spectacular thing that happened to me um, in New Orleans when I was the speaker for our national organization, and I decided to take on a visioning partner. And I actually ended up taking on two partners, and one happened at that time to be the vision core coordinator for our national um, organization and completely transformed and shifted my life. I mean, I had a good life, but then it just took it to a whole nother, a whole nother level. And so as Visioning Partners, we did this every week, um, every single week for two and a half years. And it shifted. I mean, look, I, I'm from Alaska. I moved from Alaska all the way to Vegas. <laughs> and yeah, started I know. Doing all these things. Yeah, so much yeah. shifted because of this one particular practice. So my understanding and my practice with it as well um, is that it allows you to align with spirit and to actually um, open up the possibilities rather than um, many know about the the visualization process, and this is completely different. And maybe it would be really helpful for our listeners to know how you distinguish the two Absolutely. Absolutely. Visualization, which is taught uh, so many times uh, in lots of places, uses the law of attraction, which is a spiritual law within our universe. Um, And so it uses the law of attraction as in you decide something that you want, something that you see that you really want, and you, you, you use your mind to visualize, to capture that image and stay with it and feel it, sense it, and all of that, and allow it to come through into form, into experience for yourself. So it's something that you conceive of. Right, and you think about it, and then you have it show up in your life. Wonderful mm-hmm. spiritual tool. Visioning is very, very different from that in that instead of you coming up with what you want and you concentrating on it and bringing it into form, this is a process of you opening up completely to limitless possibility. There's so, much, so many things that we cannot conceive of that are still available to us, And so visioning opens up your mind and your heart and the process of opening you up completely to align with what the universe has for you, which is usually much bigger, much um, brighter, I'll say even, than what your own specific personal mind can, can conceive of. So in visualization, you're using the personal mind, your individual, if you will, so called mind, even though that's part of the universal mind. In visioning, you're just completely opening up. And then you receive, you catch the vision of uh, what spirit has for you, and you don't interpret it, you don't try and do anything with it, you're just opening up and allowing that to come through. But you do journal, which is why it goes so well with the Da Vinci Notebook idea. You're, mm-hmm. to, you keep um, the what's coming up, you kind of write down what's happening, not trying to interpret, but you write it down in your notebook. And then you vision consistently, and all sorts of things start to happen. Your life starts to take on a completely different tenure because you're not coming from your own personal experience. You're now coming from something broader and bigger. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's an amazing process. 
I had an, my first experience truly awesome with visioning um, and going through the course at the same time, uh, not with Michael Beckwith, but over at another center, uh, which was a three-month um, course just on visioning. And at the time, I was the state task force chair for our music therapy licensure process with the state legislature. And we were becoming the very first um, state to start issuing licenses as a result of the visioning. There were some miraculous things that happened in legislation um, Mm. as we were (laughs) visioning process. I mean, uh-huh. there were so many times, you know, when it can get killed <laughs> and the bill goes away. Right. Um, but it, it got signed and delivered, and I became mm-hmm. the very first um, board-certified music therapist to receive this music therapy license in the United States. Wow. So wow. I know the power of visioning um, because right. it just seemed like against all odds that it kept squeaking through. <laughs> uh, right. To so final here's, here's so on a universal level, what's happening, what's happening with visioning is that besides the fact that you actually do the process, it's, again, I'll say it, it opens you up, but what's happening is you're actually rising in your vibration. As you continue to vision, you're rising in your vibration, which then now you're becoming in alignment with bigger and bigger things. So it's not a, it's not a doing process at all. It's about being and becoming. And so something's trying to unfold, so it opens you up. You're in a higher alignment with higher vibrational energy, and now miraculous things can absolutely happen in your life. It certainly happens to me, and it happens to people who really practice this particular tool. Yeah, yeah. So when when we look at the music aspects of our show, um, with you, we didn't really talk about this the last time, but with you being an inspirational singer, how do you use actually singing in your life? When do you find yourself bursting into song during the day? Uh, throughout the day, you mean, right? It starts to happen in the morning. All right, and so I actually use that particular tool. It's so funny. We call it singing, but for me, it, that in and of itself is a spiritual tool. Um, it actually really got me through the darkest night of the soul um, because the vi- my vibration rises when I sing. And so I sing and then I notice, and as you know, it's a mood changer. It absolutely will change the mood in a heartbeat. If you just listen to particular um, music or you're singing, um, for me, it, the darkest night of the soul lasted almost seven years, and I, but I would sing. I would sing through it in order to get myself through. Now, I started singing in the shower like many of us, um, when I was a young girl, and um, my parent, you know, she didn't she didn't want me to go into showbiz, so she kind of discouraged it. But when I got with um, the church, they kind of encouraged it, and the next thing I know, I'm singing, and I'm learning, and I'm singing more. And the next thing you know, I'm a singer on stage. <laughs> and I get mm-hmm. to actually uh, was doing that. Not, I won't say for a living, but, you know, I, could get, I get paid for singing. But what I noticed was, how my energy would shift every time I would simply sing and let that out. So I use it as part of my daily spiritual tool. I sing every day. And I'm not singing for someone. I'm using it. This is my music therapy, as as you call it, right? My musical Mm -hmm. spiritual tool. Mm -hmm. So it's a critical piece in my life. Um, And I do do it throughout the day because it feels so good and because I love music. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Can't help. And, you know, one of the techniques that we'll use in music therapy is, of course, singing. And we always look at what the non-musical goals are. 
And with a non-musical goal of singing, it's actually oxygenating your body mm. so that you can get into this different space just simply because you have brought so much more oxygen into your system through singing. And so I encourage people to sing during music therapy groups, even if they can't carry a tune, just because they're focusing on oxygenating their body um, Mm. and aiding whatever healing process they may be journeying through. So for those that don't sing and feel that you don't sing well, do it in the shower, absolutely. So you want to think about, you know, that you're actually treating yourself by putting more oxygen into your system, and it can absolutely change your perspective, change your the way that you feel about yourself and what you're going yes. through when you do that. So thank you so much for, for sharing that. We also have um, a music medicine boot camp for those that love to just listen to music, and it helps you identify what your music listening habits are, how to reorganize them and adjust them so that you follow what we call a mood sequence formula Um, that can result in significant reduction of stress, anxiety, anger, depression, sadness, uh, whatever that situation might be, can be mitigated um, and sometimes so effectively that uh, you just can't believe the the success rate of following this system. So you you have that option, um, listeners, to look at the Music Medicine Boot Camp. Um, I know that with Amy's um, action plan, Uh, She is saying, you know, get yourself a notebook. So I know that I have several because I keep forgetting to bring one with me and then someone gifts me one. (laughs) I've got several notebooks from which to choose. Um, And I I really do want to um, make it more of a a consistent practice in my life. So I I know exactly which notebook I'm going to utilize for that. But then it's, you know, it's absolutely, once you get the notebook, you want to start writing in it. Um, So it will be interesting to see how, my new practice evolves um, using that. She was, Amy's also talking, Marquita, about through discovery statements, you can assess where you are. These statements are a record of what you've learned. They can be declarations of what you want, descriptions of your attitudes, statements of your feelings, transcriptions of your thoughts, and chronicles of your behaviors. Um, it's kind of different from visioning completely because this is actually going on a discovery journey um, where you're uh, doing more of a visualization process, right? Right, correct. And and journaling in and of itself is such a, a magnificent tool in that you journal, and then it's really wonderful to be able to go back and see your habits, see um, the patterns that you have in your behavior, but then you go back years before and you realize you're a completely different person later. So all of these um, spiritual tools actually help us to progress on the journey in life, and we become mm-hmm. different beings, usually happier beings, by the way, um, by discovering our different habits, behaviors, and patterns, and then having the power to change them because you see them now. You know, before, if we don't do the process of reflection and journaling and looking back on, on how we do life, then it's hard for us to change because we don't even know there's something there. But when you're able mm-hmm. to look back and see a habit or a pattern, and then you then you can empower yourself to go, oh, I don't need to do that anymore. Let me try something else, and you put something in its place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really important. Right, right. So for our listeners to really look at the differences then between the discovery statements, the visualization, and then visioning, it's it's like three different levels. It's like the yes. visioning is the higher um, power, higher spirit connection with God. 
um, where you don't analyze, you know, what comes through. You just notice and document and and seek to keep yourself at a higher vibration. And yeah. then you've got the visualization where you're like, you know what, I really desire this. This would make me smile. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then discovery statements about, you know, how's that working and, and then tracking on it. Yeah, three different tools entirely. Mm-hmm. And all of mm-hmm. them are fabulous, especially when you start to put it all together and make it a spiritual practice for yourself, you know, a daily spiritual practice using these tools. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I have, I've had so many um, very interesting journeys lately, and uh, one of the most recent journeys, <laughs> which is why I'm doing the happy dance today and calling mm-hmm. you Margarita. <laughs> I think I'm thinking about what I'm going to do after we get done with this show. <laughs> and I have one. Um, it was uh, almost a year ago that um, I noticed that I had a, a lump uh, in my breast. And because we have no history of breast cancer and my um, uh, mother, my mother, grandmother, you know, would have um, fibrosis. You know, I wasn't wasn't any big alert at all, and I had other things that were going on in my life with, um, particularly my daughter, where I was completely distracted with what was happening there and focused on that instead of, you know, really uh, paying attention to my health. And um, come January, my holistic MD um, went in for a check on something else and just happened to miss mention it and, and you know, oh by the way, you know. I've I've got this lump, and you know, and I just might want your opinion on it. And he got really upset with me, and he was um, pretty adamant that I probably had breast cancer, and that he was concerned that it might get into the lymph system, and that I had to get it checked out immediately. So it took um, two months um, before I finally got the diagnosis of breast cancer from the biopsy. And it was within um, a week after, about 10 days, I think, after that, um, that we, um, you and several practitioners and my husband, got together and did a healing circle with me. And um, what, what I got out of that healing circle was that I had been checking on this lump like pretty regularly, is it still there? Is it still there? Is it still there? Yep, it's still there. Okay. <laughs> and I realized from from this healing circle and and all of the input and the uh, the focus was all about you know it not being there. And right. and I realized that I needed to stop checking <laughs> to see if it was there and just to re- just to accept that it was disappearing, that it was going away. And that there was nothing to worry about. And so I found that a whole week went by where if I ever thought about it, I just focused on it disappearing. And so, and I know that I ignited a lot of prayer teams across the country uh, because I have some close friends that don't live in my uh, city uh, that were wanting to tap into supporting me. So um, with much prayer support and um, shifting my focus, uh, I went in and had surgery. Um, uh, What is today? Uh, So it was last Friday. Mm -hmm. Was it last Friday? No, it was a week ago, Monday. Sorry, I get so – it's amazing how time goes by. So it was a week ago. And um, so they did what's called a lumpectomy, 
and uh, also what they also call sentinel node biopsies. And so they actually removed two lymph nodes to um, do pathology on them. So anyway, I went in today to find out what they found out because it was to determine um, whether they were able to get everything or not or whether it spread into my lymph node system. And I'm doing the happy dance because I have been informed by my surgeon um, that I am (laughs) cancer-free. And and I'm just, I am so (laughs) grateful and so... Um, elated that when I looked at your name, and I've known you for quite a long time now, I'm like, it's Margarita. I know. We could just hang up and just continue our party, right? <laughs> so anyway, so I'm just, I'm so grateful to um, those that have shared this journey with me. Um, it's, it's so made me aware of what so many people go through. Um, I'm so humbled with the process, and I understand (laughs) how somebody can stay in in anxiety um, for a long time. And if you don't have tools and techniques, including music, to keep yourself balanced and to minimize unsettledness, man, I can just see how it's hard to focus on doing life, you know, and wanting to be with people and wanting to do work and Yep. You know, enjoy life. And um, so anyway, my heart music, goes music out to... Such, but music is such a powerful, powerful tool when you're mm-hmm. in a position like that, when you don't know whether you're going to live or die, whether you don't know whether you should do something or not. It's just such a powerful tool to move and shift the mind and the energy into something positive so that you still vibrate at a higher level. So yeah. important. Yeah. yeah. It's powerful. So during the surgery, for instance, I spoke with the anesthesiologist before, and I said, I'm just letting you know, I'm a licensed music therapist, and I've got two playlists on this iPod, and mm-hmm. it is going to be recovery and surgery, and this is what you need to do. <laughs> and I'm hoping that you're going to be monitoring everything because I don't want you to just give me the regular dose, you know, and assume that that's what's going to work. I want you to give me only what I need in order to keep me anesthetized, but don't give me, you know, more than what I need because I'm fully anticipating this music is going to help take me to that deeper level. So I checked with the recovery nurse after the surgery and noticed that her eyebrows went up when I asked her the amount of anesthesia was used, and she said, oh, much less than usual. So I'm Mm -hmm. going to get hospital records, you know, and look at that and talk with him and, and just, you know, start looking at how... We can support greater uh, those that are going through um, these kinds of uh, procedures because, you know, I I was extremely uncomfortable. I had to wait over two hours with a, a metal stick sticking out of me, you know, that where the anesthesia was wearing off before they wheeled me into surgery, and they had I had no clue what they were going to do to me in nuclear medicine. <laughs> I'm kind of glad oh, I didn't wow. know because you know because of the music between that procedure and then actually going in for surgery i was having to deal with pain and you know and and so the music helped distract and i had a good friend there that was also um doing reiki in fact it was amy frost who can't be with us today but she was there with me during that whole time that i had to go through that surgery so just so grateful for music and its its power to support our healing process. So, Marquita, I know that we've talked in the past about, you know, what 
what impression we want to leave on this world, you know. And, and I know when when you first um, was introduced to a, a potentially terminal illness that I had acquired, um, that you had your own sense of uh, whether you were going to allow that to happen or not. Absolutely not. <laughs> I absolutely refused. I, I heard you talking. I did. I heard what you said. And everything in me went, oh, absolutely not. We were not doing this. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, so, so it was a very strong sense of I'm not accepting this. I'm not. So the prayer was, you know, my prayers were very forceful, as I'm sure many, many people around the globe for you were. I mean, it's just clear, crystal clear. Um, so I'm just so I'm I'm thrilled that it's all worked out perfectly. Of course it would, because um, yeah. I would have no other way. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know I I've been also trained in hospice, and you are required to go through this your death, and be able to understand what that is like working with hospice patients. And I was surrendering. I was like, okay, well, if this is my time to go, then someone else is going to have to carry the flag because I know the work's not done, so there must be someone better than me <laughs> to carry the flag, and I'm totally willing to <laughs> surrender to that if that's what's necessary. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe so. you were ready to surrender to that. <laughs> Some of us might absolutely not. <laughs> no. Yeah. But you know what? I think also there's a lot to be said about the process of surrendering forgiving that that whole letting go yes, of so of proud. outcomes so that the healing can also occur. Yeah. Yeah. It opens you up to allow um the limitless possibilities to happen when you're not in resistance. When you're not in resistance to whatever's happening to you in the moment, then you allow yourself to open up and now the energy can flow. So many times we have um, illnesses or circumstances that we resist. We don't want it to be happening. And we absolutely have a tendency to then focus on we don't want that to be happening, which is in true resistance to what life is um, putting in front of us. And that does not help our cause. It's really more of seeing it. You may go through a, a moment of, you know, I don't want this to be happening, but it is about surrendering to, okay, what is the bigger picture of life that's trying to move through me right now, which is, again, what the visioning process is. It's a way of, visioning is a way of um, creating that type of a habit on how you do life. So it's another tool that you can use to help you not be in resistance to what shows up in your life. And so then you can surrender. That's a greater avenue for healing to take place. So I'm wondering, if, if someone that has never experienced visioning before and gets this handout, they don't really have the Michael Beckwith visioning. So I encourage people, if you're, especially if you're in Las Vegas, to come to the Design Your Da Vinci Notebook on Friday. So it's May 1st at noon here at Music for Life. Um, so you can experience Marquita taking you through how to design your Da Vinci Notebook and the visioning process um, so that you can be more clear. Because if you have challenges with surrendering or forgiving, you may find this process not as successful or maybe not exactly what you thought it was going to be if you have that challenge? Or do you find, Marquita, that people can shift into it pretty easily? The vision, actually, 
No, it's more of a, pr- a process. You know, it's really, it's kind of like meditation. You know, you kind of meditate and people kind of go, yeah, but I, I don't know if I'm doing it right, and there's all these questions, and <laughs> they're just not sure. Vision is kind of the same way. It is a, a process. It's easy to slip into, but then people just don't know if they're doing it right, so then they fall out of it. So it's nice to come to a class or some type of course where someone who's experienced at it can answer your questions and am I doing it right, and so that you understand how the flow goes. And it is a, a process that I do in the class. Yeah. Right, right. So there's actual questions that you learn about that you flow through and how you can adapt it to whatever uh, focus you want to uh, lean into. So, well, this has been so helpful. I look forward to spending so much more time with you. We are coming to the end of our show, Marquita. Thank you for journeying through this. Oh, my pleasure. <laughs> with me. Absolutely. My pleasure. Yeah, thank you. You have been listening to Music for Life with Judith Pinkerton and Marquita Pierre McAllister. We are located at the Music for Life Center in Las Vegas, Nevada, where our staff supports you building mental fitness and emotional mastery. (laughs) Through our four divisions, we offer music medicine, drum circles, music therapy, and wellness circles. To connect with us before the next show, Go to our website at www.music4, that's the number 4, life.us. It is our sincere mission to have inspired you with life support skills, featuring music medicine for wellness, and our special guest today, Marquita Pierre McAllister. You can contact her on this page. You can look at her website and find out how you can connect with her for speaking, for supporting you with visioning, for just anything that you look for for life support. Today's radio show completes this series of Dare to be Happy with Amy Frost as my co-host. Next week begins our series featuring prominent music therapists across the country as we celebrate Mental Health Awareness Month in May. Until we meet again next Tuesday, we dare you to be happy now. <laughs>